1: Scott, what the hell are you doing in that cupboard?
0: I, oh, David, I'm not coming out. There's been I'm a bit worried that there's been so much good news recently that something bad's bound to happen.
1: Yeah, I understand that, but something bad is just about to happen. Oh, what? The pods back. <laughs> And podcast. My name is David Edgar, and I'm broadcasting live from the queue at the Superstore. Standing next to me and being sent for sundry items such as pencils, dog collars, and uh, a glass with Gideon Zellalem 8 on it is my chum and
0: pod co host, Mr. Scott Vandenacker. Hello, hi, and welcome. And I couldn't get any Zellalem glasses, but I did manage to get a Bob Malcolm signature.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, you can keep that one. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, is he still interested in computers? That file transfer protocol thing.
0: He is indeed. It says that something. Like, uh, apparently, Bob. If you get a signed jersey, that Bob didn't sign. It's worth more. Yes.
1: I'm not shocked by that. But then, as I'm the only guy in, in existence that owns a Julian Rodriguez match worn shirt, including Julian Rodriguez, I'd wager. Um, I don't think I can really talk about Rangers tat.
0: Exactly. Your wife discovered the finest Rangers Tat Emporium in Glasgow, and you've since put an awful lot of yearnings into that, haven't you? Yes,
1: I absolutely have. I'm sitting here drinking out of my Paul Gascoigne mug, a 1995 vintage Paul Gascoigne uh, blonde mop Gaza mug, um, which I shall uh, place a picture of on the Twitter sphere once we're done here. So, Scott, an awful lot to talk about, and uh, very much a shortened, a chastened. Uh, Summer break for us this year Uh, I kind of feel we haven't had any time off I kind of feel like the players did When they were told that they were having 20 minutes off for a fag break Before coming back to training
0: Well frankly I've come back in poor shape You left in poor shape in all fairness Well yes I'm just hoping that this episode of the pod Isn't like a trip to Ghislaine Sands
1: Mm. Well most of them are But only for the listeners
0: Well that's true yeah Um, It's been quite short But however Well, see, there's the other side on a slightly serious note is that we've been doing a sort of homosexual-based comedy pod for about seven years. And during that time, almost all of it has been during an absolute nightmare for the club and its fans. We face today a podcast where the agenda is pretty much good news followed by some good news, with a wee side smudging of good news. What do we do? How do we react?
1: It's a tough one because when you've... Had repeated kicks in the balls, and you grow to sort of expect kicks in the balls to go through a sort of relatively decent period of no kicks in the balls is a bit of a strange feeling, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it's like I don't know, it's it like we've been asked to do a comedy sort of blah, blah blah pod, but not to get people through the bad times, just to actually get people through good times. Yeah, um, it's, 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 it's off putting for us, but. I'm sure we'll manage to be shit as ever. I mean, I wouldn't worry.
1: No, no, no. we're consistent, if nothing else. okay. um, let's start with, I think, the biggest news of the summer um, because of its ramifications and because, I think, of also what it signifies. Uh, I think it does definitely signify an end of a chapter. And that was the announcement this week from Dave King that the onerous retail deal with Mike Ashley and Sports Direct has now been amended as we are still in partnership with them um, for another year anyway. But instead of the previous deal, which we've covered, I don't know, I mean, no one listening to this pod uh, is unaware of what it was, uh, a new deal has been put in place, which is much fairer to Rangers, with 50% of all items sold, in, or 50% of the profits of all items sold in Sports Direct shops going to Rangers, and up to 75% of items sold directly by Rangers from the mega store and through their own website. It's now a one-year deal um, following the ridiculous seven-year deal which was put in place and has immediately been worth round about £5 million to the club and probably you could, I think, conservatively estimate that before the season's out, we'll be worth that at least again. Scott, huge, huge news for Rangers.
0: If I was to say to the audience out there that I'm sitting in my new uh, 16, 17 home top with long sleeves, Ranger shorts and third strip socks, they wouldn't be surprised, as I'm sure most of them are sitting in the new Rangers gear listening to it. It's been absolutely tremendous. It, um, there are a few different angles to this. Firstly, thanks to all of you and well done. As a support, we're quick to argue. As a support, we are quick sometimes to schism and sometimes to say, oh, you don't speak for me. But to, fight, to fend off Mike Ashley, to genuinely boycott his tat and to manage to avoid buying Ranger stuff was very difficult and don't underestimate because david and i know because we've done the same it's not been easy passing up strips christmas presents kids i've got two kids now who have never had any ranger stuff really because i refused to buy it and it's a huge psychological deal not just financial it's amazing i, I, I was in the store on thursday and the queue was out to the door and people grabbing anything mugs uh, backpacks for their kids just anything the ranger stamp on it to help Uh, incredible scenes and they've been repeated on Friday, Saturday and the new stuff's coming in Tuesday morning and I think it'll be like locusts descending on trees when that stuff comes in on Tuesday so aside from financial stuff people are so delighted to be able to buy our gear again and I was away taking my eldest to a party yesterday uh, and at the very in question it was noticeable how many adults and children had rangers gear on and it was great to see I had a wee smile to myself thinking people are wearing it out in public again and uh, it's. I think what you all did and what we did to make this possible And we were told, remember also David, I think I'll mention this soon But we were told by the experts in the media That Ashley was too powerful, too big, too strong And in fact we should surrender to him and give him all the shares and let him be chairman I think the bullshit of the people who were uh, telling us how what an impossible job we had Has been exposed as well But you did this, we did this I really, as I say, I really do hope you're sitting there in your third strip shorts uh, listening to the podcast because you deserve to. We all deserve to.
1: Well, I'm sitting here in my uh, Broxy Bear kimono and Rangers branded underpants. So uh, I certainly am staunching it right up. They say, though, and I deal with this, Scott, that there's no victims. And I think that there are. And the people that we need to feel sorry for are the 20 Progress Niederkorn fans who are coming over next Thursday and we're maybe hoping to buy like a key ring or something because they're fucked
0: Uh, they'll be very lucky to find anything it's going to be like
1: Black Friday and Asda uh, unless
0: all 20 of their fans are triple XL size yeah
1: 20 Dingwalls 20 Luxembourgian (laughs) Dingwalls Um, no absolutely and you are totally right there because the deal was so intrinsically venal and lazy uh, and based on the assumption which he got from Newcastle fans and that's not to criticise Newcastle fans, you make your own decisions, it's up to you. But he had gone on the fact that you can be as unpopular as as, as possible to be with, with the, the supporters of the club that you own or have an interest in, in this case. But they will continue to buy merchandise. That's the lesson he'd learned from Newcastle. And it didn't happen at Rangers. The boycott was, without any massive formal statements... Um, There were a few, but there wasn't a day where everybody sat down and went right from this day forward. That's what you need because people weren't railroaded into it. They came to their own decision. And as you mentioned there, even in the last couple of days, it's been noticeable to see the amount of Rangers tops and and Rangers sportswear that you just hadn't seen for a number of years. In fact, if you did see it, certainly... In my experience, if I saw someone wearing something, I sort of doubled, you know, because it was it was so out of the ordinary. It was such a bolt from the blue whenever you saw that. So for everyone now to be able to do that, I think, is fantastic. Now, how did it happen? Well, there are a few factors, um, which, of course, are, are uh, not always being reported, but there are a few factors. The first one is the boycott. The second one is that Dave King dug his heels in and said, right, fine, if this is the case, we'll wait out the seven years. And the third one is that Sports Direct aren't a private company. Mike Ashley is, of course, the owner, but they are a public company. They are floated. And he was pursuing a personal agenda against Dave King, which was leaving between, well, I'd say conservatively £10 million a year that Sports Direct could be making. certainly £8 to £10 million a year on the table now you can't do that when you are a when you are a a limited company or when you are a sorry a a company that's available uh, on on the share market it's against the fiduciary interests of your shareholders and you can't even say in this instance that there was a long term strategy in place which was going to be of a benefit that they were taking a short term hit for a long-term loss, because that wasn't the case. What was going to happen was Rangers were going to let this deal run out, Rangers fans were not going to buy that tat in any numbers, and then the contract would end and Rangers would go somewhere else. So it's been those factors, the boycott, Kings and and time and pressure from his shareholders, which has brought us to, to this end. Now, one thing I want to, to mention because I've seen reported by the usual fucking morons, and I'm not even going to dress it up this season, in the press, Ah, oh, what a deal for Ashley, he's played a blinder here. Ah, oh, It's a good deal for Ashley, and uh, because he'll make money from it, and it's an unavoidable side issue for us, unfortunately, is that we have to kind of line his pockets while lining the clubs, but that was never the problem for us. The problem was always we weren't going to solely line his pockets and not the clubs. But... I've, I've read things like, oh, Mike Ashley's played a blinder because he's got them to buy all that unsold stock. Okay then, business genius. One question. Why was the stock unsold in the first fucking place? Mm-hmm. Because of Mike Ashley's foolish business decision. So yes, you're right. He is selling all this stuff that he had from last year that was just sitting in a warehouse. He's selling it all this summer. Mm-hmm. See if he'd signed... The exact same deal, except for two years last year. The exact same deal. He would have sold all this stuff last year, be bringing out a strip now, another strip, and made double the money of what he's making. In fact, he'd make far more because they're having to punt these shots at 20 quid rather than 50 because they're a year old. So, don't give me this shite about after you have been banging on for so long about General Mike and his tanks and the rest of the pish that the fucking idiots made up in their hovels. Don't give us this nonsense that this is suddenly a great victory for him, because it isn't. Oh, he'll make money off it, absolutely, but he'll make half the money he could've and should've, and he'll make a fraction of the money he could've and should've over the the length of the contract. He's also damaged his brand with a huge market in Scotland, many of whom will never shop in Sports Direct ever again, and... You cannot paint this as a victory for him in any way. Unless, of course, you are just a a Rangers hater or, in the case of, say, Spears, an absolute moron. It's impossible to do that. Because the fact is, is, yes, he's selling all this unsold stock, but he could have sold it a year ago. All that he's done is... And had a year's worth of interest on the money he made. All he's done is basically put stuff in a warehouse for a year and half the amount of profit he'll get on it. That doesn't sound like business genius to me, Scott.
0: No. He also lost £400,000 on his shares. Again, not up there with the <clears throat> business decisions of the century.
1: No, it's Clive Sinclair, Mark 2, isn't it?
0: Yeah. 5 The other thing you got to remember, this, David, is <clears throat> that a lot of the time, we are told that one of the divides between Rangers and the CELIC is a class divide where Thatcher's children neo-Nazis if you like or is it all socialist man no communal me, call me no spirit and yet they've been very keen on
1: Mike Ashley haven't they yes despite the fact that he's quite clearly a modern day work uh, workhouse owner
0: yes but he's been their big mate tanks in the lawn and all that and it's funny who they'll ally themselves with just to get it right up, Rangers. Mm. Um, well, sorry, Celtic fans, but we're the ones who saw off uh, Capitalist Exploiter Mike Ashley while you were bumming up his arse. Mm. So we won't take any lectures from you, okay?
1: That would be Celtic, who had on their board uh, Lord John Reid, former Home Secretary and enthusiastic supporter of the Iraq War, and uh, the chap, the Tory fellow, who's a huge contributor, the banker, who's a huge contributor to the Tory
0: Party. Yes, and also the guy who used to be the CEO of uh, British Telecom for the whole the UK. Yes. Obviously that communist in his spare time as well. Of course. Yeah, so um, we're getting lectures in business. But what I would say about Celtic fans, um, I know they always listen to the pod, and they'll be as glad we're back as anyone, is that I do admire them, David. Because as you know, I'm someone, who, I'm someone who believes in lifelong education. And um, well. you yourself used to work at university, and we know how important it is. And see for all the Celtic fans to be experts over the last couple of years... In uh, business law, takeover panels, uh, HMRC, and now, of course, uh, South African business law. Mm. I think it's amazing what they've managed to cram into the studies in the last few years. And now they're experts, of course, in the Sports Direct and Mike Ashley and the deal with Rangers. So you have to doff your cap to them. They've not been idle. The other one
1: I like coming out, and we'll move away because I don't like talking about uh, that mob very often, is, uh, well, we're talking about that mob talking about us, I suppose, technically, so it's, it's not really talking about them. The one I liked best was, "Hi, you are surviving on loans, and I thought, yeah, how did that loan from the co-op come about that you guys are going to have to scramble to pay back in the next couple of years, seeing that they've, you know, all the kind of co-op dodgy dealings and mates rates have been
0: exposed? Yeah, let's see if they can answer us when next
1: time they're tweeting us you know, interesting to hear or, or Desmond Decker and his soft loans I mean none of that counts Every football club in the world runs on loans Manchester City do not make enough money To pay for all the stuff Or oh, the other one is a: eh, How have you got a UEFA licence when you're in debt We eighteen 18 million in debt to private shareholders uh, Barcelona for example Are 235 million in debt Manchester United 380 odd million in debt It's just moronic, and it's the fact that they can't see it. But anyway, who gives a toss about them? Uh, This has been about Rangers this summer. Moving on then, before we get to the team, the other important news you touched on was Mike Ashley is uh, selling his shares, half of them to Club 1872, which takes us over 10% fan-owned, which is wonderful. And the other one is to a chap called Julian Walhart, who works for a company called KKR. They're one of the earliest venture capitalists, and if you've read the book or saw the movie Barbarians at the Gate, you'll be aware of who they are, uh, formed by Henry Kravis. Now, that's a double-edged sword. KKR, huge, I mean huge, um, 40 billion turnover. I mean, an enormous company, one of, as I say, the earliest venture capitalists, but it can go both ways because they're not a cuddly company. They, uh, they they have bought over many, many companies, broke broke them up, sold them off, stripped parts, assets, all that kind of stuff. So they are not a curly organisation and don't get it in your head that they're doing us a favour. But if it's this chap um, individually and you would assume it's come through one of the current directors, then who knows, maybe it is a good source of income. I don't know. But at the moment, I think that's something certainly to at least keep an eye on.
0: I also think it's probably about time that Club 1872 had a proper directorship. I know we've been involved for many years, David, at this level, and there's all the stuff about not being cleared to look at the accounts and having to leave the room when they're talking about this and access to certain things and fans can only really be in a recommended uh, advisory position. But I think with 11% of the shares and being the second biggest shareholders after Dave King, it is probably time to look at a much more formal footing uh, legally. I think being pawned off if you can come in for 10 minutes and get a cup of tea I think that we're looking probably to move that on a bit to something more realistic of the situation
1: At 11% the fans are entitled to a voice in the board and I know that people will say things like oh you know I'm your voice in the board and that's, that's very kind and honourable and I do you know believe them when they say that I've never had any doubts about the motives I've had doubts sometimes about the actions but never about the motives of the current board however that's great and it's nice but as you say, at that shareholding, no. We deserve a place, a full place, not a non-exec, on the board. And I think it's time for, for that to happen.
0: Are, are we still praising the board before we move on to the team, David? We are praising the board for the summer that they've had. They needed to have Can a I, summer, yes. and I think they have. And I'll throw in one more then. Um, 90% of business so far in terms of interviews, news coming out from the club, has been from their own in-house media. Yes, brilliant, absolutely brilliant Now Um, the the fans have wanted that for a long time the other one
1: uh, to touch on before we get to the team is the long rumoured and much sought director of football is now in place and it's Mark Allen, formerly head of the academy at Manchester City Um, interesting appointment, certainly very good pedigree and it does look as though that the club understand that it shouldn't be Maybe a traditional football man because it's not that type of role. It doesn't need to be somebody that's ever stood in a dugout and coached. And uh, you know, certainly he's shown a level of ambition. It's a move up from that role, but he's he's left a very big club in a secure environment to come to us. So, uh, what are your thoughts on that one?
0: Well, I think obviously, like everything, there's good and there's bad. I mean, he's got a great track record. He's also got a good track record in business before he went into to football. And he's obviously put together some amazing facilities down there. My only slight worry is that the Etihad campus, as it's known, is a bottomless pit of cash. I've read a couple of articles on it and literally money is no obstacle from the kitchens through to the pitches. And I'm just wondering how he'll translate his ideas from a modern club and how he'll put into practice a lot of his plans with the reality of the funding such as it is. And I think you'll find it very different from the Etihad campus. But as long as he's realistic and he understands a lot of that, then it's got to be a great move. Um, We need somebody to bring together scouting networks, coaches, all the youth teams, uh, the the stadium facilities. Contracts. Yep, and not have Pedro Cucino worrying about these kind of things which aren't really in his remit. And I say good luck to him. As I say, as long as he's realistic and realises the budget and what can be done, it'll be a great move, I think. I I
1: agree, and uh, it was good to see the board looking at that. At that sort of level of candidate, I think. Um you're not gonna get Manchester City's sporting director. Uh you get someone who's trying to move up to that position. And uh I think in this in this instance you're right, his C V certainly was was very good for the role. Now good we've talked about all that stuff. Let's talk about the stuff that really gets the juices flowing, as it were. Uh and that's uh Gabe Hunter. Well it's a bit early. We're recording well, this in the afternoon for once. Usually, that's that's a nighttime thing.
0: It, well, I suppose so. You know, yeah. so
1: so come on, Scott. Are we back to calling? It's the Sabbath.
0: That is very true.
1: You know, you you should know better.
0: My TV's off.
1: <laughs> I should think so too. Yes, of course. You know, um, it's like that Craig David fella. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, he even he had to rest. Yeah, he was he was making love on Monday, Tuesday, I believe, also Wednesday. Thursday, Thursday Friday and, and Saturday Sunday I suppose Maybe just Had a wank
0: Probably Well even then I mean I don't know Maybe just had a complete rest Built up some of the old uh, You know Juices Maybe he was just Having a proper rest Eating oysters Drinking the whites of eggs
1: You know Oh These oh, testicles Must have looked like The California Raisins And been singing as well After six days On the on the job
0: I suppose so He actually found time I noticed to Turn up at Glastonbury and I still can't work out if that was ironic or genuine. Him playing the main stage at Glastonbury, words defied me at that stage.
1: I don't know. I, I think I'm kind of, as you know, not a fan of festivals due no. to the large amount of people, mud, hippies, vibes, that that sort of shit. It's never really been my bag.
0: No, the the place I've known you to go to, you stayed in a sort of cottage. Yes, off, uh, off site. Off, off so. site. Yeah.
1: And remember that time I were uh, Sally made me go to that one in Inverness, and I phoned you to come and get me.
0: Yeah, uh, it's not. It's just not your thing. There's too many people. Too many other people that aren't you. Yeah. And it's not. And it's not in your house.
1: Nope. And um, we were supposed to be camping, and I thought, "Fuck this!" And Sally's clever move was she said. Ah, well, you're stuck here, you're in Inverness, and, you know, it's three miles even at the bus station, it's too late, and I phoned Scotty, he came and got me. So, yeah. you know.
0: Well, that was, that was the brown lineup. that was uh, the Wurzels and Dumpy's Rusty Nuts. Yes, exactly. So, was you, as you had a stayed.
1: And that was just the locals. Yes, exactly. But, uh, moving on, Nick, right, if you're our age, right, and you grew up when we did, let's be honest, what do we love? Signings.
0: We love signings.
1: We do. And after a few years of not not the most exciting moves in the transfer market, and a few years even included Kevin Kyle and Francis Baza, and being grateful for them at the time, uh, how nice has it been to have a transfer window? Rangers currently have brought in uh, Bruno Alves, Fabio Cardoso, Ryan Jack, Carlos Pena, Dalcio, uh, Fabio Candias, Andres Herrera, and uh, Alfred Morelos.
0: Indeed. And that was very well done. Thank you. That was a. Uh, Ryan Jack was probably the only one I expected you to get.
1: <laughs> now, uh, Dave King spoke about this. They, they brought in Pedro. Early because they wanted him to assess the squad. Although admittedly I think that would have just taken you know an hour <laughs> to done not watch one game go. Yep, uh, pish. But he wanted them to get in to get his business done early. Now we've criticised the club before about stuff, so I think it's only fair to praise Pedro's clearly known what he's wanted and he's identified it. What's impressed me about this transfer window is the speed with which the business has been concluded. And secondly, the fact that we do have seemed to have strengthened in all areas, Um, and he's done so at a rate of knots to bring all these players in, but to, to be sitting with all these players by the end of June, and to be in a situation where pretty much anything else that comes in through the window is a bonus. You know, if we get that phone call in a few weeks from a club, because British clubs, traditionally don't do their business till late in the window and i think that you see that with the fact that the transfers that are taking a bit of time are dorans and walker jamie walker of hearts graham dorans of norwich because in britain the merry-go-round you know norwich will be waiting to see who they get offered and it does slow things down rangers have, have gone out and we've done our business quietly effectively there's been no long drawn out affairs. The the longest were well, the two Mexicans and that was work permits, uh, which have now been granted of course. And it's very exciting, given where we are, given our financial situation, to have brought in players who, as I mentioned, at least get the heartbeat going and you know, we're realistic. Not all of them will be successes, but certainly on paper, if you'd said to us beforehand, this is what you're gonna get, I think we would all take that.
0: I think the only one the only ones that I, I can speak about with any knowledge so far Is Big Alves And I watched him at the Confederations Cup And he's romped it so far In fact I believe he's playing carpet slippers Yes,
1: yeah, he, uh, he has looked very good now it's, uh,
0: And he was getting praised by the commentator As yesterday you'll notice Yeah, he's, he- he's he's so so.
1: I mean I genuinely think You and I are a European football fanboy Sados. Um, So Bruno Alves is a name we've known Going back to when he went to Zenit Yep And this guy is a top quality player, even last year for Calgary, he was decent uh, in, in a very poor side, it should be said, a promoted side. He he was decent, he's not the quickest, but he literally has everything else that a centre half needs. He's big, he's good in the air, he reads the game fantastically, he can pass, he's a leader, he's got that sort of intangible motivational factor. And I'm hoping, and I suspect that given what we've been watching to him is going to be such an upgrade It's not even funny uh,
0: Yeah I mean He's also A lot of games last season We lost Through Losing one Sort of Our battles Yeah uh, absolutely And losing stupid gold And I don't think he's Going to Back down To any SPL strikers um,
1: What What made me happy Was Benny McCarthy, um Former uh, Porto Blackburn Various club striker South African international Who bizarrely lives in Scotland
0: now Does he? Yeah yeah, for reasons <laughs> I honestly don't know. Just different reasons. He's only linked with us about thirty-seven times.
1: Well, it could. I mean, he's missed his chance. He could have signed for us in the third division. Let's face it, we'll take me anybody at that point. So but if he really um, cared. He wouldn't. could have been forty and twenty-three stone. He, I mean, didn't put, didn't stop Kevin Kyle. So, uh, he had played with him, and he said, um, what Rangers... Are, he, he said, what Rangers a few times... Ty- I watched Rangers a few times last season and they lacked a leader and a defensive organiser. He said, Bruno is like that, but more importantly for Rangers, he's an excellent trainer and he's a guy that demands that everybody else is an excellent trainer and he's the type of guy that, before the manager gets in at half-time, he's in sorting it and telling people what they did wrong and all the rest of it. And that's what you need because none of our... our previous squad anyone who remains is in a position to do the show me your medals game uh with him and we need that we need a guy who's the voice a guy who won't accept second best who won't accept shoddiness that was probably the biggest disappointment of the warburton reign is that he accepted shoddiness and he can say he didn't but the fact that we saw it so often tells you that he did uh We need players who will not. We need self-motivators. We need guys who are prepared to go out there and say to a teammate, you're not giving me everything you need. You weren't switched on at that and I'm not standing for it. And there need to be consequences for people making the same mistakes all the time. Pedro gives the impression of a guy who won't stand for it and Alves looks like his manifestation on the pitch of that.
0: And you looked last year, the ridiculous sight of Kenny Miller, who was the only one that obviously... Pedro worked out, had any fight. Yep. And he was like, eventually Pedro fielded him in midfield, left midfield, centre half. Um, he, he was trying to play him everywhere because he's the only one that cared. And we need that more of them about the pitch. We need someone in every, every part of the pitch who can motivate and shout at people and spur people on. And Ryan Jack could do that as well, I mean Ryan Jack is better than the players that we played in defensive mid, all of them Yes he is so, well.
1: that, That's the thing and, and we've done that traditional Scottish thing of he's the least excited or he's the least exciting player because he's Scottish and we've heard of him Whereas somebody like Dalcio and, and Candias, no idea if they're going to be good or not Although I like the fact in Dalcio that he looks like Simon Phoenix from Demolition Man And more importantly he only has one name I still sign guys on Football Manager if they've only got one name and sound cool.
0: I think players should always put their nickname in the back of their jersey. It's long overdue in this country too.
1: Yeah, I, I think so. But Jack is a neat and tidy guy. He's one of these guys that builds play. He's not a you know a Stuart McCall, thrusting into tackles guy. People shouldn't exe- uh, expect that. But teammates will love playing with him because he's the guy who's always available to take a pass and he won't do anything spectacular with it, he'll take a pass and move it on but it lets players get out of tight spaces which we couldn't do a lot last season if you've got that guy there who can come and when possession has gone down a a, a dark alley sort of thing somebody that that is available to take it, receive it, play it to someone else and keep the move flowing and he's very good
0: at that, but also what... And is... move on to one of our many, many exciting...
1: Exactly, our forward options. What he's very good at is uh, picking up second ball. He's one of these guys where, the, where it seems to kind of fall to him a lot, and that's not luck, as we've seen the past couple of seasons. If you don't have a guy who's naturally good at that, who reads it, who knows where to be, then you don't see it. And I think Jack will surprise a few people. Uh, the Mexicans are obviously... Exciting, I'm looking forward to that. Cardoso, I'm very much looking forward to. I think it's such a sensible partnership. You know, a a young Portuguese defender playing with a Portuguese legend. I think is excellent. And the guy up front, Morelos, El Goliador. Now, that's a nickname. I hope he takes off just so we can work out a song for that. And uh, great scoring record. Young, but certainly seems to be the kind of... Signing that you, you like the look of A guy that could come Score a few goals Be sold on for a profit He he looks to me A, a guy I'm very much Looking forward to seeing
0: I'm looking forward to seeing Hullett. Who looks a wee bit mental Doesn't he
1: I like that I always think Seeing a Seeing boxing You know I like boxing A Mexican fighter Even if they can't box You're not knocking them out Because they're hard as fuck
0: And we need that We do We need somebody who, if they're not particularly on their game, will still slide tackle Aberdeen or Celtic players, and maybe elbow in the face.
1: Yes, our our team last season, let's face it, was more softest. Yeah, I mean it was more frilly than you in a tutu playing a sad song to try and make yourself cry after you've been dumped by a girl, and that's frilly.
0: And that has happened. Oh, I know. Yeah, no. Remember that night. Oh, Do yeah, right. let's not talk about it. I got. To yeah, come, I mean, I got to come back. Well, that's true. Thanks. I mean, you did well. My mum to get her to come back in the first place. Yeah, the, uh... that's true. <laughs> um, no, i hadn't would left home by the time I met David. <laughs> of course, I had oh, two weeks before. So. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, we were the softest team in in the league, and and people knew we were it. prone to mistake. Everything everything was wrong. I mean, David, you you listen to the pod, spoke mistake. The defense was so mistake prone that they played deeper, which meant the fullbacks were isolated too far up the pitch. They couldn't, uh, The midfield had to bring its line back, so we lost a lot of battles midfield from being too deep. And it stretched out the strikers, who were 50 yards away, screaming for the ball. Everything went wrong. We had no balance of any kind. No. A tougher defence will mean taking more risks, and everyone plays a bit further forward. And it gives a dynamism to your play, where you're not scared of losing the ball all the time. I would also like to take the time to say that In the three bounce games so far um, We have found a place In all three games For varying lengths of time For our young scouse Yes Superstar
1: Perhaps to be Maybe Yes I mean Getting him fit Would be a huge bonus
0: And uh, Do you want to do the cliche? Oh yes of course It'd be like Signing A new player
1: Yes Exactly Um, It would be (laughs) I mean that's, That's a fact Uh, If if he could come in And be battling for a place and be doing well That would be huge But I I don't think that the manager Can or has Counted on him I I would say that Pena and Jack Have been bought for those positions So But to have him as an option Would would be fantastic
0: Well if he stays fit It will be such a bonus You're right If he's actually fitting in the squad Huge
1: Absolutely Now Players out the door Already gone Are Philip Senderos Clint Hill Who were out of contract Joe Gardner Who's been sold to Ipswich For £1 million no complaints about those I would say Scott No none No, no. Um, I think uh, they were right The Several players appear to be up for sale It's it's kind of common knowledge that Harry Forrester And Rob Kiernan have been told to find Other clubs uh, Other players who are rumoured to be on the chopping block Are Michael O'Halloran Martin Waghorn Possibly Barry Mackay with a whole new deal thing And there are reports this weekend that uh, Rangers have turned down a bid from Nottingham Forest for James Tavernier. However, it's not because they don't want to sell James Tavernier. It's just there's interest from a few clubs and obviously they're not taking the opening bid. So that would indicate, given that we haven't signed anyone in that position, Scott, that would indicate that there could be more. There's certainly going to be players going out, but there could be more coming
0: in. If I was an Aberdeen fan, I'd be very wary of who your right back is. Okay, um, <laughs> we seem to be stealing. Oh, although talking about stealing ideas, they've got very fetching new royal blue, blue ta- away yeah, strip. I mean, Did you see that? Yeah. So um, obviously they're stealing a few things back from us. Yeah, I think what they're doing with tabs quite wise. I, I think you, you don't take the first bid, especially as the window's open for another two and a half months. Absolutely. Um, and if you can get more clubs interested, then I think tabs when he's it's a shame in a way because he's one that could benefit from this new system. If the defence is tougher and there's more space to move on for the fullbacks, he'd be one of the ones to benefit. I think last season he looked behind him and there was just too big a space to catch and ended up inhibiting his game. Because uh, he got off to a good start, Funnily enough, he had a good first couple of months of the season, but his form collapsed. And but if he's a one of our assets, I'd rather he went than West Fordingham. And if yeah. someone has to get sold, I'd rather it was Tav. Barry McKay, it's simple. If he doesn't sign the contract, he has to go. Um, No one's bigger in the club And I'm sort of fed up with his humming and hon About whether he's going to sign this deal Um, If he doesn't sign the deal he's going And that's fair enough as well I mean I hope he does in a way But it's time that he did something
1: You know I rate McKay Although he can frustrate me And there was a match last season I'm sure one of our listeners will tell me I remember talking about it at the pod Where he was hauled off at half time And it was one of the most disinterested Lazy displays I've ever seen from a Rangers player And remember I was there through the Eggelston's era, so I, uh, you know, I uh, I don't know, um, I genuinely don't know what's going to happen with him. Tav, I agree with you. I think uh, he's a tough man I like him, but he can't defend particularly well, and certainly not consistently. People will say, well, he was good in that game, and they'd be right. But you always know that uh, there's a game coming along where he's going to be absolutely howling defensively. I just get the impression that the manager doesn't trust them and if the manager doesn't trust you he's not going to play
0: you? We had this thing in the pod last year and the internet the the interweb was alive with stories about what is Pedro doing? What are these crazy tactics? and It does now look that he was trying everybody out in different positions and different formats to see if anybody could do anything. Could they surprise him? Could anyone? And I think he's seen enough as you say and I think if there's a player with not a single rumour like Wes, I think he's staying. He's going to be the goalie. Kenny Miller as well. But I think if there's doubts or Rangers are talking to clubs, or I don't think he's going to, get, he's going to hang about, Carlo, uh, Pedro. And I think, after what he watched last season, he's, he's probably got quite strong ideas and opinions on the players already. And it wouldn't surprise me to see a few more go um, based on what we witnessed at the end of last season. Uh, I don't think he pisses about much, Pedro. I don't think he suffers fools gladly either. So... No, further moves out of the way would not surprise me at all.
1: No, I'd, I'd be the same. Now, we have got our first game of the season coming up next Thursday against the Progres Niederkorn of Luxembourg. And uh, magnificently, it's almost a sellout.
0: out Yeah, the the club needs that. Um, the club, OK, the, I think the revenue deal is fantastic for strips, but we need tickets.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: And... F- Forty or thousand for a round one qualifier against Progress Nidricorn is incredible. It's unexpected for the club. And of course there's a little tiny bit of T V money as well. So you're probably talking about making almost three quarters of a million pounds from the tie. Which is um I think it's vital and really well done to the fans again. Uh I also think I've got a funny feeling that the club shop will be quite busy before.
1: Oh, the, definitely. Game. You know, I, I'm looking <laughs> forward to <laughs> To going in there and getting my mouse, Matt uh, You know, I, I yes. can't wait to get in there And, and buy up all the branded
0: type uh, uh, Can I say, David, I'm always seen as being The cynical one in the pod who's never as optimistic as you I think we'll beat Progress in Now, are
1: you sure you want to hang your hat On that one?
0: Yes, I'll go out on a limb and say I think we'll win over two legs Yes uh,
1: I, I'd hope so, because if we don't It would be <laughs> a staggeringly Inept result uh, in any language But uh, Yeah, I think that it's it's I can't wait. And I think every Rangers fan that you talk to is the same. Just can't wait. Can't wait for the season to start. And when you think about how the last one ended, I think that's a testament to the board. And as I say, I've criticised them before, so I'm quite happy to, to praise them here. They, I said they had to have a big summer, and they're having a big summer. Um Pedro, it's a tough one because you have your doubts. I have my doubts. You have your doubts. Everyone has their doubts. But he has certainly... Done what I wanted him to do Which is just Identify what he needed What he wants to do And to go for it And we're moving in that direction And In terms of Where we finish up next season I don't think you can shoot for a position I don't think you can say we, we want to win the title We do want to win the title obviously But it'll be a big ask Because you're relying not only on us improving a great deal But and also on an, another team dipping And that's not something you can control Although obviously you would expect us And demand us to be more competitive In the the head to heads But for me I'm looking at 15 to 20 points Better off And if we achieve that I'll I'll say that this season was a success
0: Yeah I think more own personal goals Would be Already have achieved. One of them was to lift the the negativity around off the pitch away. I think last season ended badly in a lot of ways, and it wasn't just the points deficits. Um, and I think already that's looking better. I want the club to start trading on its most important uh, asset, which is the fans. You need to bring back the feel good factor. We've talked about this in the pod for about seven years. Rangers have not got any money from external sources. We're not we're not Chelsea. We're not Man City. We have the fans. And they cannot be disengaged. Already, that's better. I would hope that we improve our goals for. Uh, we do better on the goals against, and we get more points. And things like Ross County not beating them over four games that has to stop. So little indicators like that. I want more points, more goals, less goals against, and much better head-to-heads against some of these teams that we really struggled to put away. The rest, as you see, we can't control. Um, Celtic could win every game again, and, but I think we need to do better and what we're trying to do, be tougher, compete more, and the fans, as I say, sell out these games, get the atmosphere coming, get the blue strips worn, get more money going through the tills, and give us a proper, not another false dawn, an actual an actual proper foundation that we can start to build even to something resembling what we should be and have been in the past.
1: Yeah, as, as we've said before, on here, we've had more false dawns than a, a French and Saunders tribute act, so it's it's time really for things to move forward but it does feel different doesn't it this summer in a way that even last summer didn't um, and none of the previous ones could it feels like this is the the last year was almost a a sort of ironing out process and a test run and we were getting up getting it done and then getting through it the money being spent so quickly indicates to me that there was money in January but that there was no way they were giving it to Warburton because they'd already decided that one way or another he was going to be leaving the club
0: and Something happened there, you're right And somebody said today on Mark's website That we'll never know this I'm not going to get anything legally questionable I just want to say A lot of things seem to sour With his relationship with an agent Yeah. After that date The signings got worse The attitude from the board got worse And as you say by then they weren't going to give him a single penny nope. In fact they were already planning as far as we know To sack him and he was planning to move and they weren't No one was speaking to each other Something behind the scenes went on that we don't know, and we're not privy to, and we're not going to give you any lies here, folks. We don't know, but something happened when he moved into sort of partnership with a super agent, and um, it was. I think the writing was on the wall. David's right. I think from that way. There's no way back. Personally, I think some of the board had ext- their hackles were right, raised. Their spidey senses were tingling, and I think it was always going to end this way.
1: I think it was the Garner deal that really did it because it made no sense at all in any context. It was much more than we'd spent before, three times more uh, than we'd spent on one player before. He wasn't a guy that fit the age group, the style of play. There was nothing at all that made that a war button signing as was proven he, he didn't fit into the way the team played at all. So I think that was the one that crystallised doubts. All, all I would say to people listening is if you go back and listen to the pod's Where Mark Warburton left uh, Or was fired or whatever you want to put it I said at the time That he wouldn't be taking legal action I highly doubted there would be court action And Dave King announced this week That none of the three um, David Weir and the best In the business as well None of the three are engaging in court action Against Rangers and I think that 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 tells you a lot
0: Yes I think we won't go much further But I think it was always always gonna end this way. And I think the board did have a bit of money and I'm glad they've used it this way. And I'm also glad that Pedro, because let's not make mistakes here, folks. David's right; this could be a disaster again, right? But Pedro has been given the tools to do it his own way. He's not gonna go down with someone else's squad. He's not gonna go down with that shower of spineless surrender monkeys. He's bringing guys in who can put the boot in, who can play a bit. He wants to try and master the SPL way of playing. And if it doesn't work and we don't get the points totals, Pedro's gonna do it Pedro's way. And that includes the way he treats the media, the way he talks to the fans, and the way he bonds with the fans. And for one, am all behind that. You cannot make a manager good or bad, but you can give them the tools to try and manage their way with their players and see what happens. And the club are doing that, and I don't think we can have any complaints, including Pedro.
1: No, um, I would agree with that. I I think that you can only... Ask to be given the opportunity to succeed or fail on your own terms, and that was always my thing about Ali and and you as well. Is that Ali just basically went in and tried to be Walter Mark II, and I would rather go into any job or any role and fail doing it my way and failing because I said no, this is the way I wanted to do it, and I'll be proven right or I'll be proven wrong, and it's okay, you know, if a manager fails, you can you kind of accept it. Warburton failed doing it his own way. Than, there's no doubt about that, you know, he's beloved 433. And Pedro has been given backing. He's been given funds. He's been allowed to bring in players from the leagues he knows well. And it's now down to him to to deliver. And again, I think expectations are are somewhat calibrated. Um there's always the hope at the back of your mind, but I think realistically our, our head is telling us, you know, this is what we should aim for. And I don't think it's an insurmountable ask. So he's got the opportunity. Clearly, the board believes in him because they backed him in a way that you could argue that Warburton didn't get, although, as we've alluded to, there were other reasons for that. I think that he is in a good position now to, to go on and, and really push uh, Rangers up, to back closer to where we should be. A couple of things to, to kind of mention. One of the reactions I've noticed from fans of other clubs in the media is we're never allowed to be happy. Have you noticed that? We we touched on this a few times last season with the over-celebrating or the bouncy at St. Johnson. So the latest one is, uh, ah, look at you mugs out buying strips. And as we said, that's a direct 180 from a few weeks before when it was like, Ashley's totally screwing you, over over. Um, we are happy. And then we go out and we, we buy loads of strips and everybody's laughing and joking and pictures on Twitter and Facebook and everything. And people sneer. We go out and we sign players and fans are excited and they want to get the name in the back of the jersey and they can't wait and people sneer. We get into Europe five years after, look at our first match, uh, this season's going to be in the UEFA Cup, five years ago it was against Peterhead and there's a rush for tickets and people in Scotland sneer and I just think after a while we're the ones just away enjoying ourselves and it's you fuckers who are sitting over there Not even doing your own thing Watching us Not watching your own club Watching us Who's the saddle here?
0: Yes They're trying to drag us down Scottish football hated itself to death And now it seems the only team having any fun is us Ironically Mm. Um, So I think we'll just leave them to it I've never known
1: in my time The support to be so unified And I think partly that is that What we've gone through partly is that We trust the board mainly Although as I say You know we were all quite vocal on our criticism when they had a bad year which they did but I think that just this absolute that our fans now have almost been freed from that that pettiness most of us you know you'll still get your bangers on social media I know that but most of us have been freed from when we realised it doesn't matter what you do or what you do or what you do it's all about what we do and personally you know as I say I, I couldn't give a monkey's fuck what Celtic or Aberdeen or all the rest of them get up to this It doesn't bother me, it's about what Rangers do I can't wait to go and see Rangers Who they're playing is incidental to me I can't wait to go to the Superstore And buy loads of shit You know I can't wait to have Bertie and Maya Dressed up in their Rangers dog coats um, And Rangers dog collars I can't wait to meet everybody before the first game And talk about it I can't wait to spend the season Dribbling shite to you on here we're the only club that that gets that. All these other clubs, it's just, chip another season, and it'll be the same old, same old shite. One thing about being a Rangers fan is is that it's been... You know, it's always been interesting. And the fact that we spend 100% of our attention on us, and even the healthiest supporter of other clubs spends at least 10% of their time looking at us, I think a few clubs maybe need, need to... Or a few supporters... Need to realign what football in Scotland's supposed to be. It's supposed to be fun, and if you're not having fun, you're doing it wrong. And we've had a right few kicks in the balls. Don't get me wrong, but you bounce back, and that's the thing about the Ranger support that makes me so proud. The last few years, life to to indulge in a wee spot of sort of um, amateur philosophising. Life is is not about avoiding catastrophe, because sometimes it'll hunt you down and just roll all over the top of you. It's about how you get back up after it. And that's why the the fan, the, the opposition fans don't understand. You know, you can shout Sevco, you can shout your club died, you can do all that shit. It doesn't bother us. Because all that matters to us are those guys out on the park, wearing our strip and our crest, and everyone in that stadium round about us who are there to cheer the side on. That's all we care about and you lot are an insignificance to us and you can give it the whole, oh, you only finished third. Yeah, we did. Or, you know, with your history, we've got a fucking magnificent history and you know it. You you are are the opposite of agnostics because whereas they say, well, if I I, I can't see God, I can't believe in him. You lot are like, well, I can see Rangers, but I'm going to believe it doesn't exist. It doesn't fool anybody because your actions, that 10% minimum, that one eye that you keep on us all the time That belies how you feel about us And the fact is It gets proven time after time after time Scottish football is Rangers Without us, it,
0: it's nothing Bravo sir
1: Well I, mean, I think we'll probably leave it on that matter If I'm, if I'm not going to top that. Um,
0: that You could shoot we are the people at them
1: I save that though for oh, right, yeah. times when they they're a bit down, or when the payers.
0: Oh yeah, it's a good point. Don't just give your are other peoples away. Yeah. That's good.
1: Speaking of which, yeah. This season on the pod, we are going to be offering for the first time advertising and sponsorship opportunities. So opportunities, so, you say? Yes, absolutely. Advertising and sponsorship opportunities. You can advertise the show uh, on the show. Um, you can either record your own advert, or me and Scott will do it for you, which will be funnier. Might not necessarily do what you want Like if you For instance If you own uh, An Undertaker's I would suggest you do your own advert
0: Yes If yeah. you
1: own a topless car wash Me and Scott are probably a better bet
0: And also we probably want A free sample of that particular product Yeah
1: I don't even have a car I'll just go in on a bike That's a good point Yeah But uh, Yes uh, They are available for An episode A month A year, it's entirely up to you. Uh, So, sponsorship or advertise, entirely down to you. Get in touch with me. Uh, I'm on Twitter, at iBroxRocks. Scott is...
0: Scott Hart Hand
1: uh, You can also get in touch with us on Facebook Just search for uh, Heart and Hand uh, The Rangers podcast and you'll find us there And also if you just want to, to, to tell us What's been happening uh, in your summer And to tell us what you've been up to Then that's fine as well All that remains for me to do then At this point is to thank Our executive producers in London Mr Mike Lee and Mr Paul Myers Thank my guests, Mr Scott Vandermacher
0: Thank you very much And see for Mike and Paul in London Their team haven't even started travelling to Asia To play a Malaysian select yet Yeah we aware of the competitive season
1: Yes, exactly I'm going to send them this pod And they'll be like What the fuck is this? <laughs> you know uh, Is this Icelandic league? Yeah it's like, the, the, one, Paul will be sort of up a hill in Thailand at this point Going what the hell is this? Um, which I suppose is one of the healthier things To be up in Thailand
0: well, I was going to say, I think you should clarify what he's oh, doing. About. yeah,
1: he's quite a healthy guy. He's quite spiritual, so he does all that kind of stuff. Whereas, yes, you, you and I would be. Where do we get the ping pong balls? So we need to bring our own. Yes, Gunther, all know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, Gunther, the solid sport enthusiast over there. Yeah. Yes. Oh. Um All that uh, further then remains for me to do is to thank all you guys for listening. We are entering, and I can't believe this. We are entering our eighth season. Of doing Heart and hand and Ranger podcasts It's continued to grow Every year uh, Thousands and thousands And thousands Of you listening to us And we do appreciate it I know that sometimes it, it sounds as though We take you for granted And we do But We do think enough of you To fake sincerity In moments like this When we tell you How much you mean to us So That's got to count For something right mate
0: I think to be I mean We're all just Rangers fans. I mean, we're not at the same level.
1: No. I mean, there's no No. such thing as anybody who's a better Rangers fan than anybody else, except obviously us.
0: Yeah, and as long as people don't get this idea that we're all in this together, we're not giving it up quite a lot. We're totally
1: egalitarian on it, except clearly we're sort of at the top of that egalitarian tree.
0: But once you get down a bit, then yeah, I mean, you guys are like, you know, almost like brothers to us.
1: Not uh, really. Absolutely. Almost like brothers in the sense that you're not...
0: Yeah, and don't visit us or, or come at the house or. Fuck
1: anything. no, or speak to us or approach us. No,
0: but if you want to sponsor us or. Yeah, if you want to give, give us money, money
1: yeah, yeah, fine. We'll take products as well, um, if they're cool. Um, nothing that you have to buy through Tor though, because uh, we could get in trouble for that. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, we'll talk to you again this time next week. Cheers, bye. Mm-hmm.